everyone, and welcome to the Fabulous at 50 podcast. We are here to inspire, educate, and empower you in a wide range of topics from your personal safety, which we're talking about today, to your health and wellness. And I am so honored to talk to the most fascinating and interesting women around. And today I get to welcome Lorna Seelig of Safe for Life Personal Safety Training. And she is here today to talk about how and why she got into this business, but more importantly, to give you some actual valuable tips on how you can view your own personal safety and build the self-confidence needed to not be a victim. So welcome, Lorna. Hi, Joanne. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. I, you've been involved with the Fabulous at 50 community for a number of years. You and your your whole team has presented on our stage when we've done our big trade shows. And just earlier in the month, you came on and did a wonderful, like a masterclass with us, training us in the four keys to safety. And so for those who are listening, if you're not yet a Fab Club member, it's very simple. You go to www.fabulousat50.com and you sign up to be a member. And then since you missed this conversation, you just go into your membership site into past recordings and you will get the wonderful Lorna Seelig here training you for, you know, we have a whole hour of discussion and training. And I think I was quite blown away, Lorna, by the stats. Just in that group alone, 50% of the women at least had run into a situation that could have been dangerous, that had had somebody following them or coming up and saying rude and lewd things. And even if it's not going to get to the point of physical endangerment, it was was creepy and it's horrible. So I want to bring you on board to learn way more about what's going on with you and your business these days. Well, thank you, Joanne. And um, I do appreciate your words about our uh, session last week, or earlier in the month, I guess it was, um, where we did, uh, where I did share those uh, four keys to safety. You're absolutely right when you talk about those stats. And Joanne, honestly, um, depending on where you get your stats, as you well know, uh, they they change, they shift and adjust. The, the real statistics um, are between 80 to 90% of females um, before the age of 18 to 21 will have some kind of unwanted sexual or physical encounter uh, that causes them, exactly. That I am, For anyone them, not watching, I just oh. had a full body visceral response to that. I had heard 80% before, but I had not heard that it was before the age of 21, Yeah, which happens. And when I said 50% Mm. of the gals that were on the call, I'm talking 50% had had it within the last year that, and, and holy smokes. Huge. The statistics are massive and, and the statistics for children, um, Joanne are equally as frightening. Um, They say probably again, uh, many of these stats are in and around the actual disclosure rate, right? And unfortunately, many children don't disclose, are reluctant to disclose. If they do disclose, it's not reported by their families, by their parents. Um, but they say probably in excess of about 50 to 60% of children under the age of 10, that's boys and girls, will have had some kind of risky or um, 
uh, unwanted um, physical or uh, sexual encounter. And um, when we talk about the the unreported events uh, and the unreported incidents, um, high, high, high rate of unreported um, in males, because I would probably hazard a guess that their stats are uh, fairly close to what the women's uh, and female stats are. Again, their um, unreported uh, rate is way higher than... Uh, There's a lot more shame around it, I think, for them. There's a lot of shame around females, but around males, there's truly that embarrassment of, I should have been able to do something. Sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or does that mean I'm gay? That's a big one. Okay, Mm -hmm. Okay. And then, then, then that's a whole nother, you know, there's a whole other, yeah. experience about that. Yeah. That's a whole nother conversation, but I do see, I mean, I, um, like on the news, there's a lot more higher profile sports personalities. I'm not naming specific ones, but in general, they're coming out, they're being more vocal. They're coming out sooner. Like, you know, cause many were coming out and it was like, this happened to me 30 years ago and then 28. Now it's like, this happened to me five years ago, 48. So if we can get it more to the time that it happens and, and that gets again into a whole nother conversation about healing from the trauma of that, because okay. it is possible. It is possible to most trauma that turns into some sort of mental illness or real stressful situations later in life are because it wasn't dealt with at the time. So if we can deal with it at the time, but today we're here more of a preventative. I want to pick your brain on so many levels and we will get to talking a bit more. We did that whole training on the four pillars, the four keys that are so important for people to think about. Um, But I personally, I always love to know a bit more the behind the scenes mm-hmm. of a job because this, this is not your job this is your passion I've known you long enough that this is your passion you actually have you're running too you have your full-time job and you have your business here what happened like what 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 made you go into this line of work and be so passionate about it so Joanne when I was uh, just a few weeks shy of my 17th birthday I'm from central Alberta uh, I was uh, with a gang of kids, like many almost 17-year-olds and younger. Uh, I was out at an outdoor gathering, party, drinking, carrying on, you know, acting like, uh, you know, I had it all wrapped up. Um, and I was actually uh, assaulted. I was um, picked up. I had moved myself away from, you know, the rest of the people at the party. Um, picked uh, I was um picked up from behind and actually thrown into the back of a car. Oh my God. When, that's yeah, and when uh, the, that incident, Joanne really changed me. Um, and it changed me for a bunch of reasons, not because um, completely because of the um, planned kind of sexual nature of that uh, particular assault, Luckily, I, um, the assault didn't get very far. I realized um, after a few minutes of being in that situation that I really could uh, take charge and, and leave. My, the, the learning for me, though, was what happened afterwards, because I was able to get away. 
Um, I, I did manage to get myself out of the other side of the vehicle and went back to the gathering where the rest of my crowd was. Scary. Very scary. And Joanne, so at, at just shy of 17, I am uh, terrified of what will my parents think. I know so many of these people. I'm from a small community. And so the people in this uh, event are, are they're, they're, people that I know and that I know well. And when you're 17, um, it's really important to be cool and really important to play the facade. And, um, and I knew the person who um, assaulted me. Uh, He was sort of a friend of a friend at the time had met him a time or two before. Um, But when I left that car, uh, Joanne went back to the party. My heart was just, I, I couldn't even hear or see. My heart was just pounding so hard in my chest and in my head and in my ears. And I was quite literally shaking. Mm-hmm. And so go back to the, to the crowd. And I just am instantly sober, um, almost sick to my stomach. But Joanne, I never told a soul. I never told Leonard. anybody never told anybody what happened. And so um, fast forward. Uh, and, and for the most part, I kind of just stuffed it away. Like, you know what? Oops, I shouldn't have been there. I shouldn't have done that. Um, my bad. So fast forward about, you know, seven or eight or nine years. Um, and I was actually living in Calgary at the time. And I uh, was involved in another similar event where I had, um used a valet parking service and then went back um, sometime later to pick my vehicle up. And um, I was kind of shoved up against uh, a vehicle again. Jeez. And uh, by this time, I'm about 25, 26, whatever I was. And I was already working um, in Calgary and I kind of started my career in family and community social services. And, and so when that second incident happened, Joanne, I, I kind of thought, you know what, I, you know, God forbid, is there a pattern here? Why, why has this happened again? I need to do something. And so at the time I was, of course, um, you know, through school and I was working um, in communities where uh, with teens who were sometimes living kind of rough and marginalized and difficult sort of lives. Mm-hmm. And I, it, it, I, I had this brainwave that I wanted to help all of us um, to learn some skills so that we didn't uh, didn't find ourselves in those situations anymore. So I had um, several different, um, you know, we went to classes and and those were in the days where, you know, there was barely any internet. Um, And so, you know, much of it was research in the library. And, you know, so that became kind of part of one of the activities that I did with some of these young people. So this went on a few years, but when I, when my youngest son was, uh, Five. And so that's about 18 years ago, 17, 18 years ago. Um, he, there was a, a self-defense little class that went on for children in his school. And of course, always having been excited about that and, and wanting to learn more, I was a sponge for that kind of information. Um, went and sat in on this little class that they were teaching uh, these kindergarten kids. And when I left that class, 
to it. It's almost like, do you know in the movies where bing, the lights go on and it's like, like yeah, it's yeah, boom. I, it's like, I, I had, I kind of had that experience. I found I my calling. Right? And, and I, I phoned up the woman um, that owned the company at the time. She was a former city of Calgary police officer. And I said, holy smokes, I, I got to come work for you. So Amazing. that started, yeah. So that started me down. I, one of the things I loved about the program, Joanne, was that it had just such a nice structure, such a nice flow. And it, it's, it presented the information in a very succinct, clear and sequential kind of order, such that you sort of work up to um, the big event, which is being able to physically be in um, the safety and security of that class to fight off an attack. Yeah. And yeah. so that started me on about a 10 year journey of um, working and training and facilitating and just learning um, with her. And then yeah. I, I was going to say one of the things that I remember you and I talking about that you also, I think, were drawn to, and I, and, and I know we'll get into this even later, is the difference between teaching people to be afraid and being alert. Yeah. And yeah. that building self-confidence mm-hmm. is different than walking around scared. Like it, it really is a slightly different angle. There's a difference yeah. between, oh, we're just going to teach you in case you're attacked, but more, what do you do to make yourself less likely to be in a situation like that in the first place? Yes. Right? And that's what we call the safety mindset. Target. Safety mindset. So we'll yeah. keep going with that. Yeah. So then once you worked with her for about 10 years, didn't, wasn't it like you took over when she retired? I did. Well, she she called me up one time and said, look, I'm wanting divest, to divest myself of the actual curriculum training pieces. Do you want to buy them? So like any, you know, kind of inspiring entrepreneur, I went, oh, OK, sure. So, <laughs> so I, I just kind of went, yeah, that's a great idea. And, and truthfully, Joanne, it, for me, it was kind of like I, I took a plunge. I uh, I didn't really... Um, I didn't really know, quite honestly, what I was getting into, but I did Run know that I I knew the business, uh, sorry, I knew the, the um, program, and I knew the passion that I had for the information. And then you can learn the business. Now, I'm going to point out, this, this was a special year for you. Well, it was. It was just, I, it was just after my 50th birthday. Isn't that and, amazing? Like, I yes. love it. I love talking to yeah. women like yourself who... Uh, like at 50, you're starting something totally new. You had never owned a business before, but you took your passion and said, I'm going to take it a step further. Yeah. And and that's why you were such, you are quintessential. Uh, what we're, we're here to inspire. <laughs> you are very inspiring. We're here to educate. We're still going to get to some uh, definite points on what people can do and empower because they're going to be able to take those points and take it into their life. So keep telling me a little bit yeah. more about this. I love this journey. So, so it was interesting. There was a whole bunch of things like when you hit 50, life just either stops or starts. And for me, it started. I had, um, you know, some years before then I had gone through a divorce. I was kind of raising these two, you know, teenage boys that were, you know, keeping me, you know, (laughs) or at the edge of my sanity is what I was going to say. But I'd also... I had also um, uh, met a uh, who is a gentleman who is now my partner who um, was very skilled in the IT uh, world, 
And quite honestly, I, I mean, I can turn a computer on and run a Zoom call and answer email and set up a spreadsheet like, spreadsheet like anybody else. But the database uh, part of it was, quite honestly, one of the things that I was terrified about um, yeah. in taking on this program. I mean, keeping track of customers, keeping track of accounting, keeping track of, of who's got what class book. I, that, that was the piece that I sort of said, oh, I don't know, I don't know. And, and my partner said, Oh, geez. Well, that's the easy part. I can do that. Don't and you I love that we have different skills? <laughs> I am with you. I want that creative part. I want to be teaching the yes. class. I love getting on this podcast. And then I go, I send out to my magic team and go, right. make it happen. Make it and, so. And honestly, that that is the key is to surround yourself with people who I think are as smart as or smarter than you. Absolutely. Um, because I, there's no way that I, and, and the other thing that I knew that I could do is attract the customers, but I could also attract the facilitators because my yes. facilitators are second to none. They are um, members of or former members of um, police service um, organizations. So specifically in Calgary, they're members of CPS. I, I, I knew that I wanted to maintain uh, that credibility with my customers, because these members of they're they're boots on the ground Absolutely. people. They live and this stuff every day. They know exactly. it intimately. And you and, have done, if I understand correctly, the business has a, a lot of it is corporate. You're, they're yes. bringing in because when people are downtown and they're in the tall buildings and they're going to parkades and walking through areas that may not be so savory, uh, it can be unnerving. Yes. Um, I heard this, this, was it you that told me this? It was a survey that asked women, and this is not to knock men at all, but it asked women, if there was no men in the world, or even for a day, what would you do? Yes, and the most common answer was go for a walk at night by themselves. Yeah. Like, holy smokes, that speaks volumes, you yeah. know, that and 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 I I also appreciate that when you're talking about um you know assault because we're not always talking about sexual assault no. we're talking about like men get assaulted too because they get mugged or they get beaten up so this is about both everybody humans yes. protecting themselves but building that confidence and and maybe when we teach younger children to have that confidence if they're not being bullied they're not going to be bullied it helps break that cycle. Well, so I want to, I, I was going to yeah. say there too, that your, your business, if I understand correctly, has served all of Western Canada, like you get booked all over, but you also with, um, you know, the pandemic coming in, you've done some online stuff. If somebody wanted, if someone's sitting here going, okay, I don't even know what the tips are, but I know I want to hear from you. Tell us about your website. If someone went to the website, they'd be able to see what's coming up, whether it's a local or online event. Definitely. So www.safe4life, so that's number four, life.ca. Um, and we have the listing of, um, of our classes on there, our public classes. Mostly that is what we're doing now, sort of mid-pandemic, yeah. is um, reserving our training room, bringing people in. Um, and yes, Joanne, you mentioned we, we've done uh, corporate classes. We do classes for um, security companies. We do classes for um, uh, rental uh, companies, places like Boardwalk and, you know, big, big companies that are uh, property management organizations. We go into schools all the time um, and become part of the health and phys ed curriculum. 
where we will you come have in with the schools. You have, you have a book, didn't you created a comic book that yes. somebody could go to your website and get if they're interested. For, for sure. For the, for the little kids, for sure. It's called the safeguards. Um, we contracted a, a comic book, like a artist. Um, I wrote the content. He wrote the pictures. It's super fun little book. Um, yeah, those are available on our website. I've got tons of blogs on the website, Joanna. Absolutely. I love to write. I love to write about safety and travel and about party safety for teens and about safety for seniors. And um, I've got a blog on there. If you're a realtor, what to be, what to notice. We just, uh, we just published a, um, a blog here recently. I just love the name, Joanne. It's called Lost, a getting found guide for children and their parents. Isn't that cute? Oh, I, I love just, that. Yeah. So, well, I know that you've been so generous with your material. We have yeah. some of the blogs on the Fab at 50 website, which is great. Mm-hmm. But the intention really is to get some of the attention and send them on over to yours because you are such a wealth of information. Thank you. Yeah. Um, now, talking about that, um, as we mentioned, we have our class where we go into more detail, but we talk, you talked about the four keys or the four pillars. I know we can't go into great depth right now, but can you share those with us? Sure. Um, so first of all, uh, the, the first key or the first pillar is about being aware. And again, that's noticing how am I showing up in the world? How do other people look to me? Uh, it's about being alert. And this is the key piece here, Joanne, where you had mentioned about the difference between being you know, freaked out and fearful versus um, aware and alert. It is an abs. It's it's the same outcome um, in a much gentler, more calmer, confident way. And so, being alert really is noticing what's going on around you, feeling that, that intuition. Exactly, and that actually, I'm just going to throw in there that that's not always just about the self defense. Being alert mm-hmm. and aware is just something about our own general presence. Like okay. you know, just. Being alert that even the sun is out and there's somebody walking a dog. And so we can actually drink in all the positives of what's going on in our surroundings. And it's kind of like one of these things just doesn't belong here. We will be more aware when something comes into our environment that we're like, oh, that 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 that's not feeling right. Well, and it's about tuning in. And so even things like you're, you're running into, I don't know, Walmart because your kid needs a last minute, I don't know, scribbler for school. It's 9.30 yeah. at night. How many times do we rush into that park, parking lot, park our car, slam it into, into park, run into the store and you come out and you go, darn it, where did I park? Yeah. Right. Not even paying attention to what you're doing. And so those awareness pieces are key. They're just so huge. And when you think about a perpetrator or an offender, what are they looking for? They're looking for somebody that's not tuned in to their environment, right? They're they're wanting to use that element of surprise. So awareness is is the first one. Boundaries is the second one. So, so again, our boundaries are about the arm's length from the outside of our body. Absolutely. And if we are able to, um, if, if when we are in a situation and something doesn't feel right, we need to consciously and deliberately establish a space about the length of our arm or more, depending on how risky you, how at risk you feel. If we can establish that space between that potentially risky, uncomfortable, icky situation and ourselves, and maintain that space, we are far more, uh, far less at risk. 
yeah. and can manage our uh, personal space way, way, way better. Yeah. When you think about somebody coming in, you know, standing really, really close to your back or bumping into you or just getting too close, it's okay for us, Joanne, to take a step back. And now, actually, over the last 18 months or so, or longer, uh, that's really big, a big thing, because we were doing it for, you know, potential viruses. Uh, Now, we're in this conversation, it's more about that safety. But I think this one, and it came to me the other day when you were talking about it, it's not just about strangers, like coming, like invading our space. It's also so important for kids or people we know or family members that it's, there's, you know, if you're intentionally hugging a family member, that's one thing. But if there's somebody always like in your space, mm-hmm. in your making you feel weird and icky and uncomfortable, that's so important. And number three, number three is about establishing your your confidence and gaining skills. So when I'm talking about confidence, it's showing up with shoulders back, chin mm-hmm. up, and making brief eye contact. Mm-hmm. When you look confident. And you put your body into that state of confidence. And this is across the board, safety, going into an interview, uh, showing up your first day at, you know, college or university. When you show up looking, exactly, show up looking confident, your body feels confident. And guess what? People perceive you as confident. And when they perceive you as confident, you are less likely to be seen as a victim or as a target of an assault or any kind of absolutely right absolutely it's not a guarantee but it's less likely less likely yeah you're putting on some safety gear and your safety gear is that exuding that confidence Mm -hmm. and i i keep thinking like honestly when you if you see a group of people you may be drawn to be if you're very empathetic to somebody that's you know kind of slouched over and and looking down but generally someone that you're drawn to would be someone that's yeah. exuding more confidence and, sure. and it, you know, seems friendly that way. So that's yeah. really good. Yeah. And number four. Um, so just, I just want to oh. add on this piece about skills that goes with. Confidence. Oh, yes. Yes. The skills piece is huge, Joanne. If you have never uh, punched another human being, you need to figure out what that feels like because it is only through, um, having that experience and practicing those skills that you will be able to deliver that blow, deliver that, that, that strike if, should you ever need to. And and I'm going to give a little caveat. Doesn't mean going around punching people. And you're talking more about taking one of the classes where you can go up, you have one of those, what is it? Like the punching bag. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I remember when you had us all, we did the mother daughter um, class, which was incredible. And just, doing our stance and practicing and it's like anything you're not going to be expected to do something if you've never practiced it you know that conversation we had the other day where it was two friends of mine didn't know I I won't go into the exact but they both had mentioned as something that happened in the summer where someone came by and said some rude things to them independently they shared the story neither of them had shared the story they didn't even know that it probably happened the same day so i'm going to add in there that reporting if something happens report it report it report it but i i'm just yeah fascinated that both of them were kind of like i should have done this and i should have done that but you can't beat yourself up you can't shit on yourself no no, exactly because if you've never been in that situation how are you supposed to know what to do so 
taking a class, taking a course, reading the blogs, practicing in your mind, not to be scared, but just to be alert and aware to say, okay, if someone grabs me, you know, I remember being in your class where you have that big padded attacker and the scenario I was put in was I'm a nurse walking to my car and there's a patient, supposedly someone acting like a patient. And then as I go over to help, they grab. I remember like that, it got my adrenaline going and that practice of getting away it, it really changed my view on that to really know that be loud, be aggressive, fight, scream, do whatever you can to get away. So that like learning those skills is so important. So amazing. It, it, very true. And the last one, the last um, number four is um, about having a safety plan. When you think about this, Joanne, I, I, I compare it to having a fire drill. We all have fire drills in our schools. Our children do, our grandkids do. We have fire drills in our places of work. We, we know what to do. Within a millisecond, a fire bell goes off and everybody knows exactly what to do. We don't do the same thing with our personal safety, but we need to. Anytime that alarm bell goes off in our body, we need to have our safety plan intact so we know what to do to get out of that potentially risky scenario. Yeah. Well, those well, you even talked about safety plans. You got me a little more aware again, like I think parkades for, I don't oh. know, for me and women are the kind of the creepiest things unless they're open and light, unless it's horrible weather, I choose park outside. I just Absolutely. prefer that. Absolutely. But in a parkade, but for many years I lived in an apartment and had that, but some of the safety plan is just knowing, okay, if I'm going to, part of it is something as simple as get your keys out before you get to your car so that you're not bent over wrestling and going through that purse where there's a bottomless pit have them out and ready but if i could say joanne your safety plan in and around a parkade yes happens before you even park your car exactly you make note of where you are how many spaces in which row you're in who you might be parked beside every single time and this is such a cliche but it's so true park beside a light or some other structure that you can uh, identify, right? And typically, you know, park is close to, you know, in lots of those parkades, they say, you know, P4, you know, 14 to 21, whatever that is, right? Park is close to that. So you can identify and recall when you come back out. How many times, I mean, I just shared that story about Walmart, right? We'd park our car, run in, go, oh crap, where did I park, right? Or you shared a story the other day that you were convinced you were on parking level two and it was four. You know what I do now? Kind of embarrassing. Like way back when, when we had cameras, that was different, but now we have phones and smartphones and take our cameras and so forth. I actually take a picture of where I am. I take a picture of his, when I get out, I'm walking to the, the exit but when you come out of the exit, the view is different. So I actually now, based on your training, is I walk a little ways from my car, turn around, take a view, and I'll snap a picture. Perfect. I come back out when it's Brilliant. in an area I'm not familiar with. It slows me down a little bit. But having that, knowing where you are so you're not wandering around, having your keys out when you're doing that, knowing like park if you can, like sometimes they're full, closer to the door. But even when you get in those parkades, sometimes it's like, Oh, is the elevator better? Is the stairwell better? I like that. I have noticed many of the buildings and newer buildings in the area I am is the stairwells for the parkades are glass 
Yes. And they do that because you can't be doing something without being seen or they even have security cameras on them. But I know we could go on for training on and on and on, which is phenomenal. You are such a wealth of information. I do encourage everyone to go and take a look at your website, safe digit number four, um, uh, life, (laughs) safe for life. Dot ca so that's for canada because you're based in canada but this applies to anywhere no matter where you are in the world it's pretty universal and we are coming to the end of our time but before we go my favorite question of course is can you share sort of three pearls of wisdom these can be practical we we just shared some practical tips so maybe it's even your philosophy of life oh boy i don't know if i just have three joanne i probably I have know. 30 but <laughs> Exactly. Um, I, so I just really think if something is calling you, listen, uh, and respond to it. Um, one of the, uh, pearls of wisdom that I think, and this is related to safety. Mm-hmm. If you see something, say something that is always, uh, just such a good rule to go by. If something Absolutely. seems strange and bizarre, it's probably because it is. Mm-hmm. And you need to steer clear of it and you need to report it. Absolutely. Um, and I think probably what would be my third? Uh, you know what? Talk about it. Talk about, and especially with your kids and grandkids and I, and again, back to the safety piece, um, have conversations about yeah. safety. Have conversations about, I had this happen to me today and it made me feel really uncomfortable. You know, it's, it's when we start, um, Making uh, safety a regular topic of discussion at dinner time or while we're brushing our teeth or at bedtime or whatever, that we start to feel more comfortable with opening up and talking about the stuff that works real well. But also we can start to open up and talk about the things that make us uncomfortable and and um, feel at risk. I like that one. It demystifies it. It makes it open. Mm-hmm. What came to mind as you were saying there is... I, I know with my children, when they were younger, we used to do roses and thorns, like in your day and what was kind of the prickle, right? But doing something like if you did have something, be open, like, you know, a lot of the women that are listening to this, they may have older kids or they may have teens or, or girls and, and boys going off to college, which can be like, holy smoke. So having those conversations, setting them up into a course, but also if we have grandchildren and just having the conversation, like you said, if we lead with something like, oh, you know, X, Y, Z happened today, it made me feel uncomfortable. It was fine, but it made me aware. And then lead them in and say, like, are, do you feel comfortable in your work? Do you feel comfortable at school? Is there anything? Because lots of times people feel weirded out to bring the conversation up. But if we give them a safe space and ask them, like, right out, I think that's important. And if you're listening and you run a place of employment, it is really worth your while and you can teach your employees that you care about them by bringing in people like Lorna, whether you do the full-blown padded attacker, you know, hands-on or what you have done for us is just the confidence building, the Mm -hmm. tactics, right? So I think it's a conversation for everybody. You know, if you're an employee, ask your employer, maybe can we get some training or let them know I'm not safe, I don't feel safe. Mm -hmm. And because honestly, those stats that you said at the beginning were crazy. You are such a wonderful guest. I think we have 
incredible amounts of, of information just in this short half hour conversation. And I'd love to have you back later on in the year. And maybe we can tackle another little area or go deeper into those uh, points. And a reminder, if you're not yet a Fab Club member, then go to our website and join in and you'll be able to um, speak with incredible women just like Lorna in, in our uh, weekly meetings. So Lorna, thank you so much. And I wish you a wonderful day. Thank you so much, Joanne. You are a gem and a delight. And I, and I value you as a friend and as a, as a fellow entrepreneur. And so cheers to you. Cheers, everyone. Take care. Thanks for joining us today. You've been listening to the Fabulous at 50 podcast with your host, Joanne Neweduck. Join us again for more inspirational interviews on topics that matter to you. If you like what you've heard on today's episode, check out the liner notes or to learn more about this vibrant community that celebrates women over 50, please visit fabulousat50.com. That's www.fabulousat50.com.